0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. Welcome to the Healthy Gut Podcast with Rebecca Coombs, the place where you can learn how to achieve a happy, healthy gut. Here's what's coming up on today's show. Welcome to Episode 74 of the Healthy Gut Podcast. Today, we're rejoined by Sharon Treadcold, who joined us some months ago now, to talk about her SIBO journey. Sharon has been a long-time member of my SIBO coaching program and just recently texted me with some pretty exciting news about where she's at with her SIBO recovery. So I invited her onto the show to give us an update so those of you that listened to her episode last year could re-listen to where she's got to today. Now, if you would like to access the show notes from today's episode you can do so at the forward slash podcast and don't forget that if you would like the full transcription from today's episode or any of the episodes in Season 2, you can do so by joining up as a member of the Healthy Gut Podcast. It's absolutely free to join, and it means that you get an email every single week with access to the show notes and the transcription, as well as special member-only content and exclusive offers. Today, Sharon and I talk about the importance of traveling when you have SIBO and why it can still be part of your life. I've organised the world's first SIBO retreat in July 2019 in Bali, Indonesia, and I would absolutely love for you to join us. If you'd like to know more about the retreat and why it is just the perfect destination holiday for someone with SIBO, make sure you head to thehealthygut.com forward slash podcast to access today's show notes. Uh, where you can also learn more about the SIBO retreat and register your interest. So here's my interview with Sharon Treadgold. Welcome back to the Healthy Gut podcast, Sharon Treadgold. It's wonderful to have you here with us today and sharing the very exciting kind of where is Sharon today update with us. So thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Well, thanks, Rebecca. I really appreciate your inviting me back. Yeah, this is kind of like uh, the Where's Waldo of the SIBO world. I don't it know. really is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so for those people that haven't listened to Sharon's original um, episode, I definitely recommend that you go back and take a listen. Sharon joined us on episode 52, and she talked about her um journey to that point with SIBO, how she had experienced a lot of digestive discomfort most of her life, and how after a lot of searching, finally discovered that she had this thing called SIBO. And also some other conditions at play. So it's a fantastic episode. It's a real life story. So if you haven't listened to it, go back to episode 52 and take a listen. But Sharon and I are back on the airwaves today because Sharon texted me the other day with with some very exciting news, and uh, I will let you share what that is, Sharon.
1: Well, on Friday, August 17th, the day before my 53rd birthday, I went in to see my gorgeous naturopath, as we know, Dr. Jason Wysocki, and the first thing I said was, okay, I have to know how – are the results of breath test number seven because i just i just didn't know was that going to be another high numbers game or had there been a change and he said i'm so excited he said i'm really ecstatic to tell you that you have a negative breath test and i said what i, I just can't believe this and I started to cry tears of joy because I had gotten myself resigned to the fact that it was quite unlikely that I would ever have one. And, and it's not like I was waiting for that moment, you know, getting the Holy grail, getting the all clear. And then I could exhale and like, uh, breathe a sigh of relief and live my life. I just figured I was going to be pretty much, uh, full of SIBO for the rest of my life. So, so hearing this was just magical. And um, he and I both said that this isn't the end. So we're excited. It's like, I've gotten all clear. And as I just said to you, Rebecca, I think everybody with SIBO just wants that, even if it only happens once, because we know of the high likelihood of of relapse, but it it was just the best birthday present I could hope for.
0: It was, and it was very exciting for me as your uh, SIBO coach to receive that text message from you saying, Rebecca, I got the all clear, hooray. (laughs) One of the things we covered in the last interview was the fact that for you, a negative breath test may not have been a part of your picture. And that can be really challenging psychologically for somebody to hear that news or to think that I may never actually get rid of SIBO. Can we backtrack a little bit and just talk about how you managed that psychologically, thinking I may never get the all clear breath test, and given that this has been a long term, more chronic case of SIBO for you, you've you haven't just had one round of treatment. Um, you've done multiple rounds of treatment. Um, how did you manage that? That's that process of thinking. I may never get the holy grail of a SIBO, an all clear SIBO breath test. Well, I think
1: the worst time was back right when I started the coaching program with you. And that was the spring of 2017 when everything just seemed to be at its worst. It was almost worse than the initial SIBO diagnosis of August, 2016. I, that spring was in a major flare, which we think now was like an infection, uh, like respiratory infection plus histamine reaction. And I felt so anxious and my dryness symptoms of what we now understand to be uh, Sjogren's disease were so bad. And I felt basically I like I wanted to die. And I remember waiting for that first coaching call with you, just thinking, Rebecca's my lifeline and I just have to talk to this woman. And... um I went into Dr. Waisaki after yelling at him on the phone, poor man, one time. I just said, I'm done. I just can't do this any longer because it had been almost nine months um, of SIBO treatment and increasing numbers for the breath test. And I said to him, I, I don't know what to do next. And I just, I, I'm ready to give up. And I said, if, if I'm going to have to deal with SIBO, and Shogrin's, I need help, and I need some bibliotherapy, and I need some, like, cognitive therapy, and so I met with him, and he put on his counselor's lens and, and hat and, and listened to me through that pathway because he's trained in that, and then he recommended the book that I mentioned in our first interview, Tara Brock's Radical Acceptance. And that book was a game changer for me because that's when I realized it was through the pain and suffering and dealing with the reality head on that was the key to unlock self-compassion and self-acceptance. And when I just thought, okay, come on in, SIBO, Sjogrens, whoever you are, like the relatives that won't leave. Like the nagging kid sister, kid brother, or whatever your metaphor is, come on in. I've got to invite you in. Sit down, and I'll fix you some gluten-free biscuits and have a cup of tea. And what can you teach me? And that's about the time then that I had a breath test in May of 2017, and then we decided. To go off the protocol and just focus on the LDN and some of the other gut healing things like glutathione and L-glutamine. And it really wasn't until uh, about six months later, in the fall of 2017, that I had another breath test that was the highest ever. And even though that was the highest ever breath test I'd ever had, I was like kind of almost laughing at that point and saying, huh, okay, well, a negative breath test is probably not in my future, and I'm okay with that, because Dr. Wysoki said that a lot of people with kind of the constellation of autoimmune issues like mine, uh, Sjogren's and scleroderma, it may not be possible. And so I thought, okay, I'm I'm doing so much better than I was, August of 2016, I can live with not having a positive, or excuse me, a negative breath test. I can live without having that all clear. And that acceptance is really what kept me going.
0: Let's talk about how you were feeling because you, you've you done seven breath tests now with one of them, this most recent one being the all clear breath test. But prior to that, you were having breath tests and your numbers were often more elevated than they had been previously. How were your symptoms? How were you actually feeling physically um, despite the numbers going up? Were you feeling worse or were you feeling better? Well, that's the interesting thing because when I was
1: early on in my SIBO treatment, I had a breath test in December uh, 2016, and that was after about four or five months of treatment. And that one, my numbers were really good going down and I was so happy. But now I look back at that and I think, man, my symptoms at that point, December, 2016, I took five drops of Iberogast and had diarrhea. I mean, I really was having flares and had, I was still off of work. So I was actually feeling worse at that point physically, even though I had a pretty good breath test for from for me, it was a pretty good breath test. Um and then fast forward to some of the higher numbers, which were May of 2017 and the highest ever, October 2017. And that was well over a year into my SIBO journey. And I was doing so much better. Last summer was such a major turning point for me. And I was back to work full time last year in the fall. And so even though I still had symptoms and I've, um, I've, I've often thought that, you know, as bad as my SIBO has been, sometimes my GERD has been even worse. And, um, even though I still had some GERD in the fall of, of, of 2017, I was actually doing better with those higher numbers. And that is what is really hard to understand, I think, for so many of us. And as we know, every SIBO journey is individual. Every breath test is individual. So that's what makes it so frustrating. And even the medical community, even the gastrointestinal experts, they don't know all the answers. So it can be quite frustrating and so confusing to think how can I actually be feeling better when my numbers are are worse. And so it seemed almost like with the increasing breath test numbers and the improvement of symptoms, it was proof to me that these were just little pieces of the puzzle. This was all part of a grander SIBO scheme. And it was better for me to look at a long-term improvement over time teeny tiny baby steps and a much more global picture than just fixating on numbers from a breath test which as we know can be really challenging
0: and it's a very common thing for us seabovers to do because it's a marker it's something where we can get um you know hard data on how we're feeling and or on what our body's doing not necessarily correlating with how we're feeling but that breath test can have a big impact then on how we do feel because if the numbers have gone up despite the fact if our symptoms have reduced or some of them disappeared completely, it can send us into a bit of a spiral in terms of that psychological piece around, oh, well, I thought I was doing better, but the breath test says I'm not, so I must be doing worse. And, oh, I'm a failure. And a lot of that you know, quite negative internal chatter around uh, not being successful. Did you experience that, Sharon, with when you got some of those test results coming back that were higher? Did you have to manage that internal chatter with yourself?
1: most definitely and i think that through the education i've received from your podcasts and your coaching program i remember one of the podcasts that you did about the ibs personality and i see it in so many people um that i've talked with who have gut issues we definitely tend to have some anxiety and set ourselves up for having to be a certain way, whether it's kind of a perfectionist tendency, um, that negative self-talk. And even though I may know something uh, that the test results don't always correlate with symptoms, you can't help but start that negative self-talk and think, what is it that I'm doing wrong? Um, Is it something I'm doing Even though I know and love and trust my practitioner, is it something he's doing? Even though I love my coaching program, is there something, you know, you can't help but think, is there some piece that I'm not on top of? And then that can make things worse because you're just trying to find something and then you're not finding it. And so I had to just lay back and think, okay, what have been the um benchmarks through time having kept a journal and being able to look back at that and saying okay here's some proof that i'm doing better it doesn't matter what the breath test says look at this journal i have fewer symptoms um also looking online we i know tend to go sometimes too much to the online forums, but sometimes it can be helpful if you're feeling strong enough to look at other people and say, wow, here's some people who also have this. Maybe their breath test and their symptoms um, don't always correlate. Or you hear the classic story about the person who struggled through the elemental diet. They made it. They got a negative breath test, but their symptoms haven't gone away which is like the opposite, where I was having worse breath test numbers, but my symptoms were better. So those kinds of things are data to counteract (laughs) the data from the breath test to say, okay, SIBO is enough of a mystery and a conundrum that I can't put all my eggs in one breath test basket. So I was able to have uh, enough positive self-talk to get me through.
0: You say that you journaled and uh, wrote about your symptoms. Can you share how you did that for someone that's listening that thinks, oh, maybe I should start tracking my symptoms, Um, but how, how do I start, they might be thinking. It'd be great if you could share how you did that.
1: Yeah, I actually started um, with flip over paper from the computer in the summer of 2016 when I was told... Before I even got to my naturopathic doctor, when I was seeing a nutritionist through Kaiser, she wanted me to start writing things down. And as a school teacher, I know that if somebody who's kind of in charge tells you to do homework, it's probably for your own good. And I just started. So I just got some paper and stapled it together. And I still have those notes. And it's really helpful to look back. And read about the pain and the gurgling and just these immediate reactions that I was having to food and the diarrhea. And um, then it kind of evolved as I got more into it into getting a cute journal <laughs> and spending some money on uh, a book that had inspirational sayings, or maybe every few pages there would be some quotes. And I tried not to get hung up with how much am I supposed to journal? Is it supposed to be something that somebody else can read? Do I need to include my food? Do I need to include my my poop? You know, I just started writing what I would notice. So maybe there were uh, musings about poop, musings about the food, musings about um, my... Uh, symptoms in general. And so I kind of took the idea from your food and mood diary and then just made it my own. I do better when I take a general idea and then tweak it somehow for myself. And in those early days, I kept a journal pretty much daily um how I was doing. And then After about a year or so, maybe even a little less, I would just write things down as they would come to me. Questions for the doctor, um, noticings, recommendations, article titles, inspirational quotes. So it just kind of flowed naturally for me. And so now I have two years that I've been journaling off and on pretty steadily To look back upon. And that again is hard data. It's not just as simple as looking at one sheet that has a breath test, but I find it is more effective. And the personal touch really is important to see how my life has changed and my attitudes have changed with my improved health.
0: And it can be very um, difficult to remember all of the changes that you go through and us humans often think oh I'll remember I won't forget that stuff but if you're trying to mark the changes from things like um, not going to the toilet uh, every day and then going every day or if you've got diarrhea going several times a day and then getting to one time a day, that type of thing is often quite significant. You can you can remember that change. But smaller changes like not getting immediate heartburn after eating certain foods can often be forgotten quite quickly as soon as that disappears. And so writing it down uh, can really help us to remember it. And Sharon did mention the food and mood diaries. So for listeners of today's episode, if you head to the show notes page, head to the healthygut.com forward slash podcast where you will see Sharon's um, and Sharon and my interview um, here today you will be able to download the food and mood diary and it's a good place to start with if you're interested in tracking and journaling whereby you can write down what you what you're eating and then how you're feeling and what your symptoms are so that you can start to build this picture over time and like Sharon has done you can look back on it and go oh gosh, look at where I've come from. Now I know my listeners will be thinking, okay, was Sharon hydrogen dominant? Was she methane dominant? And what was her treatment protocol? What did it look like? Are you comfortable sharing some information around that oh, with us?
1: Most definitely. So I have a uh, mixed SIBO, or I guess I could say had, <laughs> um, and I was hydrogen dominant, but I've always had methane. On the uh, breath test. Certainly not like some um, people that I've talked to who have those extremely high uh, methane numbers, but definitely hydrogen dominant. And looking back into my breath test of uh, October 2017, my hydrogen at its highest after 80 minutes was 158 parts per million uh and then yeah way up there in in the hundreds for the remainder of the um breath test. So um my first big n- just like what's going on with with my body in 2016 was was the diarrhea which uh often correlates with high hydrogen numbers. So, the interesting thing was, even though my hydrogen numbers were so high at their highest in 2017, I wasn't having active diarrhea the same way I was in the summer of 2016 when my numbers were high, but not, not quite as high. Um, and so, after that really crazy breath test of October 2017, Dr. Weissaki said, Okay, we know that these numbers are certainly higher than they have been, which is understandable because he said, We haven't been actively treating your SIBO since May. So that's been what, May, July, five months, that's almost six months where we were really trying to focus on prokinetics and LDN. And he said, What I want to do this time, since all the previous times I had done, only an herbal protocol. He said, I want to try what I'm going to call the Waisaki protocol. And he said, because you're a tough case, we're going to try two weeks of Rifaximin. And that was the first time I tried it. And he said, then we're going to move into an intense herbal protocol again and really do a one-two punch. So I went on the Rifaximin for two weeks and luckily didn't have any kind of reactions to it. And then I transitioned straight away into um, the highest doses that he possibly could give me of the big four, which is uh, the Alimed, Allison, Oil of Oregano, Neem, and Berberine to hit both the hydrogen and the, the methane. And I must add that when I was on the rifaximin, instead of doing neomycin, um, or what's the other one, Rebecca, neomycin or what's the other methane one? Um, I,
0: oh gosh, I'm yeah, totally blank.
1: I'll have to I look want to it say, <laughs> uh, yeah, neomycin or blah, 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 blah. He said, uh, let's do Alimed to take care of, of the methane. Um, so that was his own little twist. So I did that with the Rifaximin and then kept on the Alimed Allison, um, with the other three in massive doses. And then I have slowly tapered from October of 2017 until now. I mean, I'm now on the like lowest dose Um, I'm down to one Alimed a day, one oil of oregano a day, one neem, and then one berberine at each meal. And what we're going to do when I go back in three weeks, because as a school teacher, my school year starts back tomorrow. He said, I don't want to change anything until you get back into the first three weeks of teaching. He said, then what we'll try to do Is we knew completely off again of the protocol, like I had done over a year ago. But this time, because I have a negative breath test, we're going to see if I can kind of hold my own and keep things working and keep things moving. Because as we know, SIBO is a disorder of motility in the gastrointestinal tract. And even though I've got all these other supports I'm taking for motility, we'll keep those going, but we're going to try to see if my body can use them and its own power to keep things moving and not have any herbal protocol on board. One of the additional major aspects to my healing treatment protocol for SIBO has been structural integration bodywork sessions. I believe these have been a major factor in driving my SIBO breath test numbers down into the negative realm. I started in the fall of 2017 with the 10 structural integration sessions that target 10 different areas in the body and then after those were completed we continued by once or twice a month dealing with tight areas in my body so this type of body work really addresses tight fascia and adhesions and tries to get those areas moving so that the body can flow and release once again so, for example, maybe my ileocecal valve had uh, adhesions and was quite tight. So, Doctor Waisaki would do uh, manipulation in that area of my body to release the tightness. And since SIBO is a disorder of motility, anything we can do in the body, even in areas outside of the abdominal, area can be so beneficial and get our bodies moving and flowing again. So I am so grateful he added that to my healing protocol because I think it has been a major reason why I'm doing so well today.
0: It'll be really interesting to see how your body goes. And and that other antibiotic was metronidazole which had just lost my memory (laughs) temporarily, but that's the other one that's often used when neomycin um, isn't being used to help um, treat the methane-dominant SIBO Mm -hmm. cases. Sharon, you've talked to me a lot in the past about... um, and this is, you know, not not on the podcast, but we we speak to each other almost weekly through the Sibo Coaching Program. And you often talk about the importance of building your dream team. And I know I talk about the importance of having a, a Sibo dream team to help you uh, recover and to um, put your body into a better state for more optimal health. What does your dream team look like, and why have you found it really important to have one? That's a good question, hey? I've got loads more just like this coming up after this break. We're we'll back in a moment. what does your dream team look like? And why have you found it really important to have one?
1: Well, um, my dream team is basically what it was for my first podcast, the kind of main skeletal structure, although some key players have changed. And the dream team to me can be a spectrum of people. It can be you know the 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 primary doctor and then maybe a neighbor so there's a a, a big spectrum there because i really feel like my naturopath doctor waisaki has that philosophy of mind body spirit and i know he did one of the healthy gut podcasts with you on that and that um was that one that he recorded live when when you were here in portland And that, to me, along with the Radical Acceptance book, has really helped because I just wasn't going anywhere with my gut health when my dream team was basically my GP or general practitioner through Kaiser Permanente here in um, the States. That did not work. So having a broader dream team... That addresses not only my medical health, but my my body and my spirit is is really key. So of course, at the head of that team is Dr. Waisaki, and then at his clinic, Eight Hearts, I also see Dr. Deborah Rice, and she has been integral. As um, of course, you know, the SIBO surprise has been wow, Sharon, our body's going to do everything. We're going to make you pre-diabetic. We're going to fast track you through menopause. We're going to have crazy pee tests, wacky poo samples. And she's helped me with the um, aspect of menopause and um, dealing with the, the vaginal dryness and the vaginal health that often um, hormonally coincides with, uh, with a sort of a SIBO picture. So she's been huge. I had um, a wonderful acupuncturist, Xander Kahn, who coincidentally is married to uh, Megan Taylor, who had given me my Heidelberg test, but they've moved back to Seattle. And now um, Josh Looper, who is in with Dr. Weisaki um, is now my new acupuncturist. And I had been taking a break from acupuncture and now I am back and I feel like even it's going even better. The acupuncture is, and he's focusing on my dryness and, um, we just started back since I've gotten, uh, back from my vacation down under. So focusing on that Two other key players who have come into my life since the last podcast have been two doctors who are dealing with the dryness that I've experienced, which oddly enough, as my gut health has gotten better and improved, my dryness issues have worsened. They're stable now. I think that I've got these two great guys on my team. One is an eye doctor who is a specialist at Kaiser and Dr. Green has started me on Restasis for my dry eye because right after this past Christmas, it was so bad. It was somehow it just like somebody flipped a switch and the dry eyes got really bad, but now they're stable. Um, And then the latest in my dental health has been that through eight hearts, Dr. Steven Sandberg-Lewis had a list of three biologic dentists. So it's kind of like the naturopathic approach to dentistry. And um, I saw a couple of them. And from those two, I picked one. And now I'm um, working with this amazing doctor who is kind of like the Dr. Waisaki for my mouth. And he's given my mouth a deep clean. He's given me, um, because I have all this bacteria everywhere. It's not just in my small intestine. You know, it's, it's in the vagina. It's in the mouth. You know, it's everywhere that's supposed to be moist and dry and free of bacteria. Um, anywhere there can be an overgrowth, I've got one. So he started me on some probiotics for my mouth. He's also given me an amazing toothpaste that's like a gel of hemp oil and ozone. And after I get the right side of my mouth deep cleaned in two weeks, we're going to talk about doing some ozone therapy for my gums to try to help that. So that's been an amazing um, journey. Um, I also have a wonderful new counselor and therapist. So that's how I kind of get that spirit side in. Um, My gym has opened up another um, location near my house. So I can go to the gym now that's only two miles away as opposed to eight miles away from my house. And they have some exercise machines that overlook the river. And this summer I've taken advantage of some of their body flow classes I've taken some cycling classes with a really motivational instructor, and um, the tapes and the music that we listen to on the stationary bikes just gets me so excited, and I really love that, and I find that any kind of movement is helpful. Um, I just came from a a yoga class that um, I took, and... I was so fortunate this past year, somebody on my dream team was a former parent, or or she's a a current parent, um, but she is, uh, her kids go to my school, and she kindly enough offered to come to my school, and on Mondays, teach yoga for the teachers after school, so I have been giving her money each week, and on Mondays, I know that I can relax after that first kind of icky day back, you know, after your relaxing weekend, I know, oh, I can make it through Monday. And then I have a yoga session. And then, of course, my friends um, and two of my very dearest girlfriends, I was actually looking through my SIBO files at a card that my friend gave me two years ago, right before I got to um, my first breath test. She stayed with me and she kept saying to me, you know, you know, because I'd be running off to fart in the corner and stuff. And she was like, oh, my gosh, Sharon, you really need to see the doctor. I said, I know, I know, I know. So I keep the card she wrote me from that time together as a reminder of the fact that I took that step and here I am two years later, so much better. And then here's another card from my other girlfriend, that first girlfriend is Kelly. This girlfriend is Allison. And here's a card she she wrote me two years ago that said, hang in there. Tomorrow will be better. Honey, you are strong. You will kick Sibo's ass. (laughs) Keep your chin up and stay focused. And, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, you go in there you're like, yeah, I'm going to kick your ass, Sibo. You know, die, die, die. Little did I know that Oh my gosh, all those times I kept trying to kick it, I I wasn't making it. And now I looked at this card again and I said, whoa, I've, I've done it. I've kicked its ass. I don't know if it's going to hold. I don't know how long, but I have a negative breath test. So yeah, I did it. So there have been some key players in my dream team. And of course, you, Rebecca, you and the people that I met through the coaching program have been Totally integral because, like I said, when I was at one of my lowest points, that's when I joined the coaching program and have been a member ever since, and that's been nearly a year and a half now.
0: It has, and the SIBO coaching program, for those that haven't heard about it yet, um, I do have links on the show notes, so head to the healthygut.com forward slash Podcast where you'll see Sharon's interview with myself, and you can learn more about the SIBO coaching program and everything we've talked about so far today. Uh, But the program is there to support people with SIBO go through the journey. And not only is it there to provide education and information about our condition, but it's there as an enormous sort of emotional and psychological support. Every person in the coaching program has SIBO um, or has had. Sibo, as we can now say for Sharon, um, but everybody there knows exactly what it feels like to be dealing with this condition. Most of us have felt completely alone and isolated with it. We—it's not like we've known this huge community of people with Sibo. So coming together as a group um, has been really beneficial for all of us myself included and we support each other we share tips and ideas and if somebody's having a bad day then the rest of the group is there to provide the support that we often don't get elsewhere because other people just don't really understand what it's like to be dealing with SIBO and Sharon's one of my originals she joined up at the when the program very first launched and she's still with me today which is just an absolute joy and one of the reasons why I was so excited to be able to share your current update story, Sharon, was because I've been working with you for all this time. And it's been so great to watch your transition. And something that you've done very recently, which is so exciting, is that you took a vacation down under. You came to Australia. You came and had a holiday with people that you'd met through the SIBO coaching program. So that... Is amazing, and for some people, it might feel like, "How on earth did you travel when you had SIBO like that?" Just, I'd love to travel, but I'm scared to travel. How did you approach it, and how did you come for this glorious holiday down in in Australia with us? Well,
1: again, it was kind of like the natural evolution of keeping a journal. It wasn't anything that I had thought of uh, deliberately from the get go. It just seemed to evolve and. Two years ago, when I was at my SIBO worst, I had been in Europe visiting my nephew, and um, I thought, if I can get better, I'm going to go back and visit my nephew, especially now that he has a young son, he and his wonderful wife. And so that was kind of my original thought. And then I started thinking, oh my goodness, you know, am I going to be able to travel? Is this too much? Europe is a long way off and even with SIBO, you know, I'd been making little trips to see family in California, which from where I live in Oregon is only a couple of hours away on the plane and doesn't involve a change of time zones. And so I just thought, hmm, gosh, I don't know, Europe seems kind of daunting, but I didn't make any big decisions. And then kind of a key turning point for me was um I really started doing so much better earlier this year, uh, getting a lot of my dryness under control. And then um, having my stool test, my poop test come back this spring, it was so fascinating to see that, like the data of a breath test, my poop test came back, and I think I talked about it in my first podcast, about I had the poop of a of a rat with IBS of a drowning rat that had been separated from its mother I lacked the three beneficial bacteria and in this last year I have grown two of those three beneficial bacteria without taking probiotics just being on a on a healthy gut protocol uh with diet and and, and all of my supplements and then the third one um or the so i I lacked all three of those, so the poop test came back that I had grown these two, and then the third one I started taking um probiotics, so maybe in another year we'll we'll test my poop again and see if I've been able to repopulate that one. but one of the main things was that my s i g a which is the first line of immune defense in the gut had been abnormally low and and that really was such an eye opener for me and that really explained why so much of my life I probably have just been on the edge of being sick and so when I saw that test come back and it said that my first line of defense was normal from abnormally low to I'm normal now. You know, I have that strength and that defense. I thought, okay, I can take a trip now. And somehow in my mind, I kept thinking, I don't know. I want to go see my family in Europe, but I kind of want to have a gut tour down under. I kind of want to go almost like paying homage to um, (laughs) the land of maps. This is where the whole you know, idea came from and the coaching program and these people I'd met. I thought, I've made these connections now. What if I traveled somewhere where I would be hanging out with people that understood IBS and SIBO? I could eat foods with people that I didn't have to feel like I had to make excuses or worry about where I was going to go. And because I'd forged these friendships, I kind of sent out emails and through the coaching program and um our webinars I was like gosh you guys what if I came to visit or could I maybe find out what it would be like to uh taste the food there and rebecca always said that melbourne was such a capital for for um dietary restrictions and i thought if i could get an airbnb then I could keep my food there. I could have a hotel with a refrigerator. So it just kind of all started to come together. And I thought I'll call it the gut down under tour. I'll make it a bridge back into international travel, but kind of like a soft start. And if I'm hanging out with gut friendly folk, it will make the stress of traveling 17 hours (laughs) away into a different hemisphere that much easier. And it became a challenge that was going to be a fun challenge. And when I mentioned it to the doctor, he said, I can see no medical reason why you shouldn't go. He said, in fact, I think you should go. I think this will be part of your gut healing protocol. And I then it just became this thing where it was going to be so fun And then I ended up staying with two of the women that I met on the coaching program. And how exciting was that? Somebody that I'd only seen on webinars and through Facebook, I was staying at their house and we were going on adventures. And one of the gals has a fear of heights like me, but we went into the Blue Mountains and we rode the world's steepest roller, or I started to say roller coaster. It felt like it. The world's steepest railway train. We went on the cable car. And the other woman, we took an adventure down the Great Ocean Road. And when we would go to the bathroom and like she would wait for me and I'd say, oh, I'm sorry I was late coming out or I felt like I took too long. I said, have you ever had incomplete evacuation before? And she said, Oh, of course, you know, all the time. And we'd laugh. And so it was just like a relief that I could travel with such a relaxed, relaxed spirit. And then of course, Rebecca, I got to do that wonderful, um, desserts show, cooking class with you and other women from the coaching program. So It was like I felt like I was a SIBO jet setter and a SIBO (laughs) celebrity. So it really was fun. It was like taking something that could be a negative thing and flipping it completely around.
0: And it was so fun to have you here, Sharon. And 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 it was a real reminder. I've always been very passionate about let's not let SIBO stop our lives. It's uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. It makes us feel sick that it's not a terminal illness and we shouldn't stop life because of it. We should find ways to still live life despite it. And Sharon, you just epitomised that for me when you came out to Australia. You know, you were still dealing with issues and, and there was one day where you shared with our coaching program private Facebook group that you had had a bit of a flare um, and you were asking for people you know asking advice and suggestions on how people manage their flares and what you can do but it your flare went really quickly and you just got a, got back on to enjoying your your travel while you were here and it really it just highlighted the fact that travel is so fulfilling if it's something that you love to do i think the joy that travel brings you far outweighs um, any nervousness you might feel around being in a new country and eating new food. And what I find most of the time is when I travel my guts are actually really fine and as long as I've talked to my practitioner about it and we've got a plan in place and I'll always take herbs with me now in case I do get food poisoning or there's some kind of gut incident that occurs, I've got the herbs ready to go that if I need to, I can take them and I can help repair whatever's going on. Because as we now know that those of us that have SIBO, those of us that have had food poisoning incidences and other gastrointestinal infections and upsets, we need far less of infected matter than the average person to get sick. So we're more susceptible to getting sick. But as long as you are prepared and planned for it, travel can very much be part of your picture. And, in fact, there's a, a list that Sharon has helped contribute to with her recent travels and I've put my own list uh, ideas down, which, again, you can um, download uh as a member of the Healthy Gut Podcast, which you can sign up for free. And it is our, our guide on how to travel with SIBO. It's a checklist. So it's all the things you can do before traveling, when you're traveling and after travel. And it's a really great complete list of, of everything that we SIBOers do to ensure that we get out and we travel really well. And what fun for you, Sharon, to actually meet people in person that you'd only ever met on webinar before as well. And and one of the, one of the reasons Why I'm putting together the world's first SIBO retreat in Bali, Indonesia, in July 2019, is for that very reason that we can come together as SIBOers, we can turn up in a destination, we can include travel. So, those of us that love to travel, we can look forward to a trip, we can arrive, we know that every single person that is there has SIBO and understands what it's like to have SIBO or if they don't have SIBO presently they've had SIBO. The food is de- designed for everybody's dietary requirements, so it's a completely safe and relaxing environment so you can come and just be with fellow SIBOers. And, and you know. And my love of travel, your love of tra- travel, Sharon, is what is really motivating and, and uh, spurring me on to get this SIBO retreat happening in July 2019 so that other people can experience the joy of Going to a new country and meeting new people that I've li- just like them and totally understand. And so if you want to know more about the SIBO retreat, do head to thehealthygut.com gut.com forward slash podcast. And I've got a link about the SIBO retreat. There you can sign up and put your your name down as as an expression of interest. It's very limited. We're keeping it just a small intimate group of people. We don't want there to be hundreds of people because then that will just be overwhelming. So, if you are interested in in learning more about that, make sure you let me know because places are strictly limited and we've already had a lot of people say that they're interested in coming along to our SIBO retreat. So, Sharon, you have had the most incredible couple of years. You know, you started out feeling very unwell. You then had initial drops with, in, with your SIBO breath tests and your SIBO breath tests went went up really high. You thought for a period of time you would never get the all clear on a SIBO breath test. You came to terms with it. You have now had the all clear breath test, which is really like the cherry on the top. It's not the be all and end all, but it's a really lovely cherry on top. You've been out to Australia on the most incredible vacation What's next? <laughs> what's next in the world of Sharon? Yeah,
1: I mean, I knew that things were getting better when I was eating sourdough bread down under, <laughs> and uh, and and doing okay. Um, for me, what's next? What's what's really interesting and exciting is that uh, having that all clear breath test on the seventeenth, and then the next day was my birthday. So yesterday, this. Uh, recording that Rebecca and I are doing together um, is the 18th or the 19th of August, but yesterday was my 53rd birthday. And um, I thought how interesting it was that it's a palindrome. So my birthday was 8, 18, 18, which reads the same front and back. And, and eight is such a lucky number and infinity and I'm 53. So five plus three equals eight. And then I go to eight hearts. Somehow I'm really seeing this as a kind of a, a lucky time in my life. And I'm I'm really hanging on to that fact that I'm going back to work tomorrow, really feeling stronger than ever. And I had a little birthday party last night, and uh it was a birthday cake of gluten, <laughs> and I did have gluten-free. And dairy-free uh, ice creams av- available, and a- in addition to traditional ice cream. But um, I had a slice of regular, delicious chocolate gluten cake, and I was okay. So for me, what's ahead is just adventure. I feel like, like you said, okay, I got the cherry on top with the with the all clear. I don't know how long that's going to last if I'll have a relapse or not but the thing is it's okay and i'm excited about that because now i know i can lean back and just let whatever happens happen i've got the tools um emotionally i've got the tools medically physically all those little things are in place all those building blocks and so i feel because My mindset now is so strong that I'm ready to to keep moving. I'm ready for the motility to move and go forward. And I was thinking about this coffee mug I used to have. When I moved to Oregon years ago, a fellow teacher gave me this beautiful painted mug that said, be open to all possibilities. And I used that mug and used that mug, and I would put it through the dishwasher. And I remember looking at it one day, and the letters had kind of peeled off the painting. And it no longer said, be open to all possibilities. It was like, be open to all possible ties. You know, the letters had peeled off. And I was like, whoa, I guess I have to be open to that. The paint is scraping off of this mug, but I can't worry about it. I just got to be open to it. Whatever happens, I will be okay. And then I remember several months later, I filled up that mug with really hot coffee. And all of a sudden, the mug, because it was so fragile, it just cracked and like exploded. And I was like, whoa, that mug wasn't kidding. You got to be open to all the possibilities, you know, the good, the bad, and the in-between. And I think that that has really helped me being open to whatever's ahead. And in bar class, I also, that's part of my healing is taking that, uh, a bar three class here in the States where we do uh, work that's like, yoga work. And then we work at the, at the bar and, um, it's an exercise class. And when you need to take a break, the instructor will usually say, if you need to take a break, take a break and come back stronger, take a break and come back stronger. And I think that for me, the SIBO journey is like that. Maybe you don't have the best day. Maybe you've got reflux, maybe you're down under And you don't know what to do. So you go to the coaching program and they say, try some activated charcoal and you try it. So you have a little setback. You have um, a really high number on your breath test, but you say, okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to let this overwhelm me, but I'm going to focus on coming back even stronger. And so for me, no matter what's ahead, because Dr. Wysocki, I said to him, well, wait a minute. I, I don't even know how to deal with being like SIBO-free. Am do, am I SIBO-free? And he said, well, yeah, technically, your numbers are in negative breath test, But he said, we don't know what's ahead. This is a really exciting picture. But again, it's not like this is done. This is over. So I'm really seeing that, wow, this SIBO journey at its worst can be an utter nightmare. <laughs> But at its best, it's really a journey of self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. And thanks to all my support systems, I'm ready for all those possibilities that lie ahead.
0: Well, it's so exciting to hear this, Sharon, and I'm inspired by your journey. You you give me inspiration. So thank you so much for coming back onto the Healthy Gut podcast and giving myself and everybody who tunes in um, an update on where you're at. And don't forget, guys, if you haven't listened to Sharon's original podcast, uh, you can find her on episode 52. So do go back and listen to that one if you haven't already listened to it. And you can see the journey she's been on since then when we, uh, we recorded that oh gosh, about a year ago, it must be. So thank you, Sharon, for joining us on the Healthy Gut Podcast today. It's been a pleasure once again to chat to you. And I look forward to bringing people an update maybe in another year's time when we can share just where you've got to on your journey by then.
1: Oh, that sounds like a great date, Rebecca. I look forward to it. And thank you again so much for the honor of being on your podcast.
0: My pleasure. So that was Sharon Treadgold joining us on the Healthy Gut Podcast today. If you have enjoyed today's episode, I would absolutely love it, as would Sharon, if you could leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or the app you use to listen to this podcast. Not only does it help us to know that you enjoyed the episode, but it's really beneficial for those people with SIBO who are looking to find SIBO-related podcasts. So your reviews really help them to know this is the right podcast for them and don't forget that you can join up as a member of the healthy gut podcast it's absolutely free to join and it means you get a full transcription from every episode in season two and you get special bonus content so head to thehealthygut.com forward slash podcast to join today and come say hi to us we love hearing from you. We're at thehealthygut.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look for us under The Healthy Gut. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Sharon today. Isn't she just wonderful? You can see why I have enjoyed working with her so much as part of my SIBO coaching program. If you'd like to know more about the SIBO coaching program, head to the show notes from today's episode or head to my website where you can learn more about how you can join up and get the support that Sharon has uh, and helped her with her own journey with SIBO. If you would like to get access to today's show notes, head to thehealthygut.com forward slash podcast where you can find Sharon's show notes and to get access to the full transcription from today's show or any show in season two, you can do so by becoming a member of the Healthy Gut Podcast. It's free to join and it means you get access to not only the full transcription from every show, but also member only exclusive content and special offers. And I'd love it if you could leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or the app you use to listen to this podcast. It really helps me to know that you enjoy the show, but most importantly, it helps other people with SIBO know this is the right SIBO patient podcast for them. And come say hi on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. We love hearing from you on those platforms and all you need to do to find us is look up The Healthy Gut. You've been listening to The Healthy Gut Podcast with your host, Rebecca Coombs. To learn more about The Healthy Gut or our podcast, head to thehealthygut.co forward slash podcast. We would like to thank Red Lemon Productions for the production and original music score of this podcast. To find out more about their services, head to redlemonproductions.com. The Healthy Gut Podcast is a production of The Healthy Gut. Thanks for listening.